0: Compass Media Networks, this is America's First News, this morning with your host, Gordon Deal.
1: Israel steps up airstrikes. Good morning, I'm Jennifer Kishinka in for Gordon Deal along with Dom Sabino on this Monday, October 23rd. Here's what we have for you this hour.
2: Israel hit the West Bank with a rare airstrike striking a mosque compound that it says was being used by militants to plan attacks.
1: President Biden spoke with his counterparts in the UK, Canada, France, Germany and Italy to discuss the war in the Gaza Strip.
2: Police say there's no evidence of a hate crime in the murder of a Detroit
3: synagogue president.
1: And with Donald Trump out in front. Pressure is mounting for some lower-tier Republican presidential candidates to drop out.
3: The five who below four percent are Mike Pence, uh, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, uh, Tim Scott, and Asa Hutchinson. Now, all of those guys are at uh, placing them in danger of not even making that uh, that debate stage in Miami.
1: Haston Willis of the Washington Examiner will be here in about ten minutes with that story. Israel ramped up its bombing of targets on three fronts, including a rare airstrike in the West Bank as humanitarian aid trickles into the Gaza Strip. More from this morning's Mike Gavin.
4: The Israeli military struck a mosque compound in the West Bank city of Jenim that it said was being used by militants to plan attacks. It also struck a target in southern Lebanon where it said militants were attempting to launch anti-tank missiles at the Israeli side of the border. International efforts remain underway to free hostages in Gaza and prevent the fight from escalating into a regional conflict. President Biden held talks Sunday with leaders from Israel, the U.K., France, and other countries as Israel weighs the consequences of any ground invasion of Gaza. The raid in Gaza, in which one Israeli soldier was killed and three others were wounded, was aimed at preparing for a ground operation and to gather information about hostages that Hamas took during its attacks on October 7th. Jen?
1: Thanks, Mike. A second aid convoy destined for desperate Palestinian civilians reached Gaza on Sunday as the Israeli prime minister warned Lebanon's Hezbollah militant group that if it launches its own war, we will cripple it with a force it cannot even imagine. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. expects further attacks on its forces in the Middle East following the recent series of drone incursions in Syria and Iraq and the interception of missiles and drones by a U.S. missile-guided destroyer in the Red Sea. Blinken told NBC there are U.S. efforts to deter Iran and others entering the conflict with two carrier strike groups and missile defense systems.
0: We are taking steps to make sure that we can effectively defend our people and respond decisively if we need to. This is not what we want, not what we're looking for. We don't want escalation.
1: His comments follow similar concerns expressed earlier Sunday by Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. Meanwhile, leading a bipartisan Senate delegation of five Republicans and five Democrats in Tel Aviv, South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham said destroying Hamas is non-negotiable. I
3: come here because I love Israel. I do not hate Palestinians. I hate Hamas. I know the difference.
1: The group met Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman yesterday and urged him to offer funds to sustain the Gazan people until Hamas is destroyed. They also met with families of hostages taken by Hamas. A funeral was held on Sunday for the president of a Detroit synagogue who was killed over the weekend as police search for a motive. Samantha Wall, an advisor to Democratic politicians and president of Isaac Agree Downtown Synagogue, was found stabbed to death outside her home in the Lafayette Park neighborhood of Detroit on Saturday. Her sister, Monica Wall Rosen, spoke at the service.
5: Dear Sam, how is this your funeral? I do not understand. I cannot ima- imagine life without you. I've never had a life without you. You were my life.
1: Detroit Police Chief James White said no evidence has surfaced suggesting the crime was motivated by anti-Semitism. Police are working with the FBI did not say whether a suspect had been identified. The 40-year-old Wall led the synagogue since 2022 and previously worked for Congresswoman Alyssa Sklotkin and the re-election campaign of Attorney General Danny Nessel. Nessel described Wall's boundless energy.
5: She only ever wanted to be of assistance to others and she never asked for help. In return.
1: Nessel so, remembered Wallace being driven by her sincere love of her community, state, and country.
0: Aging is a journey that can gather some unwanted passengers, namely those senescent or zombie cells. Hi, it's Gordon Deal. And I used to feel that sluggish middle age mood, those aches after workouts. I could practically feel those old cells just taking up space, bogging me down. Then I found Qualia Senolytic. Think of it as giving your body a little spring cleaning, pruning away the worn-out cells, and letting the lively ones shine. And you only take it two days a month. Crafted with vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO ingredients. Plus, with a 100-day money-back guarantee, you've got a risk-free journey to rejuvenation. Resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com Gordon for up to $100 off. And use code Gordon at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash Gordon for an extra 15% off. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's show. Neurohacker.com slash Gordon.
1: Jennifer Koschenko in for Gordon Deal. Be sure to follow us on social media, including on Instagram. We're at this morning with Gordon Deal. Not much has changed for months in the Republican presidential primary race, meaning pressure is building on some lower tier candidates to either make a big jump or get out. We get more from Haston Willis, White House reporter at the Washington Examiner. Haston, where is this pressure coming from?
3: Well, it's uh, coming from donors, basically. No one's voting yet, of course, until January. Uh, but you can see some of this popping up with donors. They're looking at where they're going to spend their money. And if a candidate is not catching on, they're going to be reluctant to uh, start spending.
1: Are some of the candidates running out of money?
3: Yeah, I mean, running out of money, maybe not. But certainly some are having having less. The big thing that kind of spurred my story was Tim Scott's uh, super PAC announced. It had scheduled a $40 million ad buy, I think mostly in Iowa. And it said it was going to back out of that. They're not going to do it. And they said specifically the reason was that basically uh, Trump is uh, dominating the race. It says we, are, we aren't we are going to waste our money when the electorate isn't focused already for a Trump alternative. They're saying they're going to reroute some of that money to fund uh, door knocking and other grassroots campaigning. But it's not really clear exactly what that's going to look like or what that means. But so they're definitely not spending the $40 million uh, on advertisements for Tim Scott.
1: Is that a surprise to you? No, not necessarily, because Scott uh, is only
3: polling at about 2%. Now, to make the debate stage for the next debate, that's going to be November 8th in Miami, you have to be polling at at least 4%, and you can use different polls, you can use different state-level polls. You may be able to do that, but his national polling is at 2%, uh, placing him in danger of not even making that uh, that debate stage in Miami, there's five different candidates who are all polling at below four percent right now. All of those guys are in danger of missing that debate, and uh, they would certainly be in a ton of trouble if they can't even get on the debate
1: stage. Talk a little bit more about those uh, people at the bottom. Are they trying to knock each other out while staying in?
3: Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure all of them would love if the other ones uh, dropped out, but I don't think that's necessarily how it's going to work. But yeah, the five who are below four percent are Mike Pence. Uh, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, uh, Tim Scott, and Asa Hutchinson. And no one has dropped out yet. I contacted some of them. No one said they're going to drop out. They said they're going to make the campaign, uh, excuse me, they're going to make the debate stage, and they're going to keep fighting. So it looks like all of them are going to stay in, at least for the moment. Uh, But certainly uh, at some point, something's going to have to give.
1: We're speaking with Haston Willis, a White House reporter at the Washington Examiner. Haston, if the debate were held tomorrow, who would make the stage?
3: So, again, you can use a different combination of, uh, of polls. I'm not going to predict who can make it. because it's uh, It can be a little bit uh, murky and mysterious even to me how exactly this works. But uh, the ones who are clearly polling at above 4% are obviously Trump. He's close to 60%. Uh, but the other ones are Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley and Vivek Ramaswamy. So if, if the, the 4% was like a hard number, uh, the four who will qualify are those. And Trump has been skipping debate, doesn't seem to have hurt him. I really doubt he'll do any other debates as long as he's staying above 50%. So, you can see a debate potentially with Justice Stannis, Haley, and Ramaswamy on stage, which I think would actually be really interesting to see just those three kind of going at it.
1: If it's just three or four or five who make the November 8th debate, uh, what needs to happen between November eighth and January for somebody to really become a formidable, you know, foe for Donald Trump? I mean,
3: yeah, someone would just need to uh, to keep building momentum. I guess, if you're looking at it that way, they say that the thing you need to do is to be expectations, right? Uh, and the one who's really been doing that lately is Nikki Haley. She's had a lot of like big explosive moments uh, on the debate stage. Uh, some spats with Vivek Ramaswamy, in particular. Um, her number, she's still below Ron DeSantis, but if you look at her trajectory, she has like doubled her support just since what she had in August. Uh, DeSantis is still above her, but is dropping down. So he's not beating expectations that she is. So she could be someone you could see um, start to become that uh, top non uh, non-Trump um, non-Trump candidate. And there seems to be a, a you know consensus that somebody needs to emerge to be that top non-Trump person. But you know, deciding who who that is is easier said than done.
1: Has she helped herself because of the way she's performed in the debate so far?
3: I mean, yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's what I was saying, right. I mean, if you look at her numbers, they, they've gone up over each of the two debates. Um, she's, she's kind of a, almost a throwback, kind of a George Bush-style uh, candidate. But she has a lot of foreign policy, uh, child's foreign policy experience. Uh, she stands out for that. You know, she's a, she's a woman. She's a woman of color. So there's, there's some of that uh, that plays into the race as well. Uh, So she has a lot of things that are are kind of going for though, again, she's still only polling at about 8 percent right
1: now. Thanks, Haston. That's Haston Willis, White House reporter at the Washington Examiner. It's 20 minutes past the hour. Here's Dom Savino.
4: And now the three big things you need
2: to know. Number one. The U.S. has asked Israel to delay its expected ground invasion of Gaza just as Israel's military ramps up its airstrikes on the Palestinian enclave. According to multiple reports, American officials want more time to get hostages out and humanitarian aid into Gaza. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told ABC he's unsure how the war will end.
1: What does it transition to? Uh, left to be defined, but I think that's an issue for the, the region and for the world to uh, to work together on.
2: Dozens more were killed by Israel's bombings overnight, raising the death toll in Gaza to more than 4,600 people.
0: Number two.
2: It's a new week and a new opportunity for House Republicans to unify behind a candidate for House Speaker. Nine GOP lawmakers have joined the race, which re- re- which reopened last week after Jim Jordan lost a series of floor votes, ousted Speaker Kevin McCarthy on NBC.
0: We need to solve this problem. we got a wide open southern border. We've got crushing inflation. we got war in the Middle East. This is not a moment in time to play around with learning on the job. We need someone who understands how to do this job.
2: McCarthy has already endorsed majority whip Tom Emmer.
0: Number three.
2: Democratic Senator Bob Menendez is due back in a Manhattan courtroom today. He's expected to enter a not guilty plea to allegations he acted as an agent of Egypt's government while serving as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Menendez stepped down from that powerful post last month, but he's refused calls from his own party to resign as senator. Winter is two months away, but for part of the country, wintry weather is due to arrive this week. A storm is projected to start carving through the northern Rockies and plains today, bringing record cold, fierce winds, and by the end of the week, heavy snow. Sunday Night Football provided a possible preview of the Super Bowl matchup, and it was the birds topping the fins.
3: To, to the end zone,
0: touchdown, Dallas Goddard.
2: Mike Tirico with the call on NBC as Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts scored one of his three touchdowns, leading Philadelphia to a 31-17 win over the Miami Dolphins. The Eagles improved to 6-1, tied for the best record in the NFL.
1: Everything's coming up well for Philadelphia, which is a little annoying for some of the people who work here and are Philadelphia fans. A little little annoying.
2: Those of us wearing blue, like me. Uh, Boy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dom. For some, buy now, pay later works great. For others, not so much. Should we get the story from this morning's Gordon Deal?
0: We're speaking with Medora Lee, personal finance reporter at USA Today. Her story is called Buy Now, Pay Later Apps Will Get Heavy Use This Holiday Season. Why? It's worrisome. All right, so explain the basics because BNPL has kind of come on the past few years now. Um, So kind of set that scene
5: yeah, people really love buy now pay later, um especially young people. They buy they can buy something that's a little pricier and they can spread their payments out over four payments. Um, so that has really helped their budget and maybe encouraged them to spend a little more. Um, and actually Adobe thinks that this holiday, um, BNPL spending should hit nine point three billion in November, making it the largest month on record. Wow um, yeah. so, They think it's gonna. They forecast BNPL to be pretty, pretty um, big this year, but this is not necessarily a good sign. I
0: was gonna say, you know, it's it's hitting seemingly almost at the same time as uh, as student loan payments resuming.
5: Yes, and so even if even as people begin to really um, like BNPL. For the holidays, a lot of the people who use BNPL are not necessarily in a great financial position, um, and they tend to be younger, 40 years and younger, the Gen Z and the Millennials, um, and they tend to use that the most. And you know, with all these kind of if, iffy things going on with the economy, interest rates, student loans, are they going to be able to keep up with their payments? I don't. That's that's where this gets maybe a little bit dicey hmm. for them
0: um for buy now pay later it's fairly easy to get approved also correct
5: yes um because they don't do well first of all it's not reported to credit bureaus um so so people so people tend to get kind of just like a soft credit check um and they can you know get approved pretty quickly so that's one thing um but it's also bad because it it doesn't get reported to the credit bureaus because then people don't really know how much debt you have
0: Mm. we're speaking with medora lee personal finance reporter at usa today about her story called buy now pay later apps will get heavy use this holiday season why it's worrisome all right so what's bad about bnpl
5: Well, like I said, it's because it's not reported to the credit bureaus. It's easy for people to take out loans from different places all the time. Um, Good good if you want to buy stuff, but maybe not so good because you might end up accumulating much more debt. Um, And even though interest isn't charged on the loan, if you miss payments, the late fees can really add up quickly. So those are some um, pretty big things. And then also when you use BNPL, you, instead of like say a credit card, um, you lose some of your consumer protections. If something is a scam or is defective or something, um, or even just needs to be returned, it gets, it can be kind of difficult.
0: You you mentioned that buy now, pay later tends to be for younger people. Does that necessarily mean kind of on the lower range of the income spectrum too?
5: No, not necessarily. Surprisingly, um, there are also people who are considered fairly wealthy, who have good incomes who use it. Um, and so, but like I said, you know, even though they are, tend to be um, earning more, some of them earn more, they just are hungry for to spend and they're always looking for more credit. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not necessarily a good thing. That's Madura Lee of USA Today with this morning's
1: Gordon Deal. It's coming up on 30 Minutes Past the Hour on this morning, America's First News.
0: Did you know traditional bedsheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle-Made bedsheets. Miracle-Made uses silver-infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle-Made is self-cleaning, self-cooling, luxurious, eco-friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, try Miracle. Dot com slash gordon claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40 percent at checkout miracle made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee again the website try slash gordon try slash gordon to save big you can sleep cool comfy and clean miracle made bedding nasa inspired for out of this world comfort sleep clean with miracle we are america's first news this morning with gordon deal
1: On this Monday, October 23rd, Jennifer Koschenko in for Gordon Deal along with Dom Savino. Some of our top stories and headlines. Israel strikes across Gaza after allowing another small-aid convoy into the besieged enclave. Police say there's no evidence of a hate crime in the murder of a Detroit synagogue president. Hollywood actors and studios will restart contract talks tomorrow. Taylor Swift bests Martin Scorsese at the weekend box office. And he was rejected by 14 colleges, but he's making big bucks anyway. That story in about 20 minutes. Trade school or college? Which should you choose? For hundreds of years, college has almost universally been considered the best choice for a bright future. Now, the soaring cost of college has many rethinking that. Let's talk about it with Julie Balky, career strategist and founder of the Balky Group. Julie, what has the better
6: return on investment? Well, that depends. It depends on what you want to do and where your strengths lie. And we have for years have had this idea that high school, if you are a good student, then it is a straight march to a four-year school. And, there's, and, and so we've sort of developed this culture that that's the only step or the only path to the quote-unquote American dream. Well, what that has done for us is we now have a great lack of talent in the trades people going into the trades, people seeing the trades as a viable option. And then anytime you have low supply and great demand, watch your wages tick up. And so we, we've created a situation now where, where we are we really lack the talent to do some of the jobs that we all need done, and there's a lot of factors that go into this, but part of it really is what I call the boomer bias that we have that we've really sort of put on our kids to say that. This is what you're doing. It's the only way, whether you want to or not, whether that's your interest or not, this is where you're going. The result is we have a lot of 20-somethings and 30-somethings who have remained in debt, who are still really looking for a path because they weren't on the right one to start with.
1: What are some of the jobs that are coming out of trade schools that are making good money?
6: Anything from construction, HVAC, Um Auto mechan- um, mechanical engineering, weld, I'm sorry, mechanical work, welding, you know, any of the things. Think about things you do with your hands. Well, on top of that, what it takes to maintain, to be, let's say, a high, to be a BMW auto mechanic, you also have to have great technology skills. So it's not just taking a couple of two by fours anymore. There is technology associated with all of the trades. And so The training required, therefore the salaries keep going up. So think about anything you do with your hands. That's where we are really lacking. Plumbers, electricians, try to find somebody to come do some basic handyman work at your house. Good luck. And when you do, they're all getting near retirement age. And so we are really paying the price for our commitment to a four-year degree is the only way to go.
1: Doesn't data back up the fact, though, that people who have a four-year college degree make a lot more money over their careers?
6: Not a lot more. Um, When you look at, so when you look at, when you you consider everything, when you look at the investment to go to a trade school, they are much cheaper than a four-year degree. Even if you go to a two-year school, your, your debt, if any, is very low. There's a lot of scholarships being offered as well because there's such a lack of people in the trade. But then you also get into your career sooner and you start making money sooner. Um, you know, trade school grad can spend, you know, the, the, this um, think tank did this analysis said a trade school grad can expect to earn 22 times what they spent on education over their lifetime, only 15 times for college. And it's, you know, the cost of going to a two-year trade program is only about a third of the cost of the cheapest four-year degree. So when you start factoring in all those kinds of things, then, you know, then it, it starts to make sense. But even if you break it down and say, okay, I'm going to go to a very expensive, impressive school, and I'm going to study history, liberal arts, sociology. What are you going to do with that? And those are the big questions that we fail to ask and we fail to demand, demand you know, an outcome from is what are you going to do with that degree? It used to be, well, you'll go to college and you'll figure it out. Some company will hire you and you will figure it all out. Well, what we're also seeing is that companies aren't happy with the level of preparation that a lot of kids coming out of four-year-old schools have. They're having to go back and retrain them to do some basics. And so for a lot of reasons, you know, in college is, we, there really has to be some more, you know, segmented thinking when it comes to what's your path after high school. But we also have to unattach the, the bias, the my smart kid is going to trade school, unfortunately is often met with, Really? Instead of thinking, isn't this great? He's following his passions, his interests. He's following his aptitudes. That's where you're going to get the bang. Not not sending your kid off to a high value school or a high dollar school for four years, and then they're living in your basement and they have, still have no better idea to do with their, what to do with their life than they did four years ago. And that's where a lot of twenty somethings are these days.
1: Julie, maybe things are changing a little bit. I know high schools here in New Jersey are focusing more on careers than they used to. In my in my short-sightedness of, of what I see, um, a friend of mine has a son who's enrolling as a freshman, and he's already on a career path to be a chef. I think that's really interesting and kind of a different approach.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think that high schools, the smart ones anyway, are providing a variety of aptitude tests, vocational tests, interest tests, and then saying, look, here are your range of options. You don't need a four-year degree if you want to be a chef. And here's what's, what's also, I think, sometimes the, the thinking, especially of boomer parents who still have the get a job and do it for 40 years mentality. Let's say that you get a job as a mechanic, as a welder. You can always go back to school and do something else.
1: Thanks, Julie. Julie Bauke, career strategist and founder of the Bauke Group. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin.
4: Good morning. Well, we've spent years railing on dumb criminals, laughing at how their plans are often foiled by stupidity. So in fairness, we need to give credit to the crooks, who at least started off with a good plan, even if it didn't work out in the end. For this, we take you to Poland, where an alleged thief eluded detection by security by posing as a mannequin in the front of a store window. The 22-year-old was later seen on surveillance video holding a bag in his hand and standing motionless and he stayed that way all the way until the mall closed, at which time he broke from his stance and robbed the jewelry store. Authorities said the thief came back for round two on another occasion and that time got hungry, eating his fill at one of the food stations before stealing a new outfit and then eating some more on his way out. Polish authorities said that eventually the man's luck ran out, and he was noticed by mall security guards. He was arrested, and police said he could face up to ten years in prison.
1: That's absolutely the opposite of the dumb criminal. That's brilliant.
4: That was brilliant, but then he got <laughs> greedy, as yeah. they often do, right? Yeah, it right. worked so well the first time they went back right. for a second time, and he would sit standing there eating food while he's you know before he goes in and, and takes the clothes that he that he stole. I mean, you know, <laughs> got, yeah, got a little left brazen. Alone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it once, and then yeah. uh, you know, go out on a high note, basically. <laughs> yeah. And if you're a professional athlete, you'd think that striking up a high-profile romance with one of the most famous people on the planet would be a huge distraction that could take away from your play. In the case of Travis Kelsey, it seems to be the opposite. As Taylor Swift continues to show up to Kansas City Chiefs games and cheer on Kelsey, his output on the field is only going up, and Chiefs fans, fantasy football players, and even the CBS TV crew is noticing. (laughs) Yesterday was the fourth time Swift was on hand for a Chiefs game, and Kelsey had his best game yet, catching 12 passes for 179 yards and a touchdown. And for the season, the Chiefs are 4-0 in the game Swift has been in the building for, and Kelsey's averaging 108 receiving yards in those games while only averaging 46 yards in the two (laughs) games he played that she didn't attend. CBS picked up on this trend and ran a graphic comparing the two stats, noting that Kelsey performs much worse in games where he's, quote, left to his own devices. (laughs) A reference to a line in Swift's hit song, "Anti-Hero," which left many Swifties praising CBS for coming up with a graphic just for them. This
1: stuff is so fun. I know some people are mad about it, but yeah. it's
4: fun. It's fun for me because he's on my fantasy football well, team this good. year. I'm pretty much carrying my team. So what we're hoping for here is there's no breakup in the middle of the season. <laughs> right? Come to every single game, and she, if there's going to be a breakup, let's wait till the winter time.
1: 12 passes for 179 Not that, bad. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. good.
4: Yeah, we'll take that every week. Thank you very much. Oh,
1: my goodness. Thanks a lot, Mike.
4: Hey
0: there, Gordon Deal here. And everyone knows the best part of fall is the food. I found a new way to embrace the season. Hello Fresh Markets Limited Time Fall Flavors. Let me tell you about their apple cider cake with caramel sauce. Man, so good. Are you looking for the perfect game night treat? Write this one down. Barbecue pulled pork nachos. Speaking of which, I recently had the kids home from school, and HelloFresh not only saved me time, but made me look like a pro chef. Using farm-fresh ingredients, you're going to get the flavors of fall in every bite. And trust me, you don't want to miss out on the mini pumpkin cheesecake. It's perfect for a me-time treat. Want to give it a shot? Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon. And use code 50Gordon for 50% off plus free shipping. That's right, 50% off plus free shipping at HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50Gordon. HelloFresh.com slash 50Gordon with code 50Gordon. This is America's First News, preparing you for the day ahead with headlines and in-depth analysis. This morning with Gordon Deal.
1: Jennifer Koschenko in for a Gordon deal. It is a real thing. Seasonal affective disorder or SAD. That's when less sunlight, colder days, longer nights, and less time outdoors can all have an impact on your mental well-being While many people experience milder mood changes during the winter, sad represents a more severe and clinically significant form of the condition. If you're feeling a bit down during the winter months, there are some things you can do to boost your mood. Consider using a light therapy box that emits bright, full-spectrum, light-mimicking natural sunlight. Get exercise. Engaging in regular physical activity, even if it's indoors, can help improve mood and energy levels. Keep to a sleep schedule. Stick to a consistent sleep routine by going to bed and waking up at the same time each day. Watch your diet. Consume a well-balanced diet with a focus on nutritious food. Be mindful of sugar and carbohydrate intake, which can lead to energy crashes. Be social, stay connected with friends and loved ones, and spend time outdoors. Whenever possible, spend time outdoors during daylight hours. It's eight minutes before the hour. Here's Dom Savino.
0: And now, the three big things you need to know.
3: Number
2: one. Israel has ratcheted up its aerial bombardment of Gaza while its military masses troops and tanks at the border. Israeli warplanes hit a range of targets overnight, including a rare strike on the West Bank refugee camp. In Tel Aviv, the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, Ben Cardin, pledged Congress's bipartisan support.
0: We have Israel's back. We're going to give Israel everything they need in order to defend themselves. We support their efforts to take out Hamas.
2: An Israeli military spokesperson has called for a full surrender of Hamas and the return of hostages in order to end the war.
0: Number two.
2: Meanwhile, humanitarian aid continues to flow into the besieged Gaza Strip. The UN's hunger fighting branch says 40 more trucks are expected to bring food, water, and medicine into the enclave today. But the first two convoys over the weekend did not bring in fuel, which Israel worries will be stolen by Hamas. Officials at one Gaza hospital warn their they're, war- they're running out of gas for their generators, putting critically ill infants relying on ventilators at quote grave risk.
0: Number three.
2: Meanwhile, police in Tennessee continue to search for the estranged son of Nashville's police chief. John Drake Jr. is wanted on two counts of attempted first-degree murder, suspected of shooting two police officers during a stolen car chase Saturday. The officers were hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. On Wall Street, plenty for investors to watch this week. There's the bond market, where the benchmark 10-year Treasury hovers at the key 5% level. Earnings season ramps up, with data due from tech titans like Amazon and Microsoft. And at the end of the week, we'll get a new reading of the Federal Reserve's preferred gauge of inflation. It was a strong weekend at the box office as a Western crime film and a world-famous pop star drew, movie, drew moviegoers. The top newcomer was the Martin Scorsese-directed Killers of the Flower Moon. When this
3: money started coming, we should have known it came with something else because it's a white man's money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not what we were taught. Mm-hmm. They're like buzzards circling our people.
2: Yeah. are yeah.
3: going to pick us body clean, yeah. mm-hmm. leave nothing.
2: But the top-grossing movie overall was Taylor Swift: The Era's Tour. Swift's concert film became the first ever to total more than $100 million at the box office.
1: No time for us at the movies this weekend. Too nope. many sports going on. It's a good time of year. It's prime time. Absolutely. Lots of good stuff. Thanks, Tom. A high school graduate with a stellar grade point average, near-perfect test scores, and a tech startup he founded when he was a sophomore was rejected by more than a dozen colleges, including state schools. CBS says when Stanley Zong, who graduated from high school in Palo Alto, California earlier this year, was rejected by 14 of the 18 colleges and universities to which he applied, he and his advisors were dumbfounded. He was a standout student. He had a 3.96 grade point average and scored 1590 on his SATs. He had been a finalist in multiple global computer coding contests and founded a free electronic signature startup called Rabbit Sign. He was accepted at the University of Texas, so that's where he headed. But at the same time, he decided to apply for a software engineer opening at Google, something he called a moonshot. Well, he got the Google job and started there as a software development engineer earlier this month. Song says even though he's a self-taught programmer, he eventually plans to go back to college. That'll do it for this hour. For Dom Savino and Mike Gavin, I'm Jennifer Kishenka. Thanks for listening to this morning, America's First News.